Welcome to Student Transitions, A Time to Thrive. Life is full of change and resulting periods of transition. And some of our big transitions begin as students, as we move through the educational process and then on to the world of work or further education, university and independent living. If we can learn as students how to thrive through transitions, we will have acquired skills that will support us through a lifetime of change and transition. So, if you're facing changes in your life as a student, listen on as we share our insights and suggestions to help you thrive in a world where change is the only constant. just before we get into today's podcast, I want to tell you about some additional resources available to you. First, this podcast is available with a full transcript for free. Then, for a small fee, you can access a think sheet for each episode in this 10 episode series. They're designed to help you reflect on the content of each episode. To learn more, go to louisewiles.com forward slash successful dash student dash transitions. Welcome to the third podcast, um, Student Transition, A Time to Thrive. This is Elizabeth Gillis and Louise. Louise Welcome. Um, today we're going to talk a little bit about thought patterns that um, take place around these transition times. And there's lots of kind of interesting research about us being able to kind of capture and notice thoughts, of course, at any time, not just at transition. So I'm going to put Louise on the spot straight away and ask Louise, when you've been through a transition or when you know other people have gone through them, people you've worked with, um, what are those kind of normal thoughts or those thoughts that often arise in these transition times? Okay. Um, well, I suppose if I think about myself and transitioning, perhaps moving country, that might be one that's probably fairly similar to anyone listening who's thinking about moving to university or moving to a different area and a new job, career. Um, I guess one of my big worries is always around friends, mm-hmm. and my thoughts will be around how easily will it, how easy will it be to make friends. Um, what will I need to do to make friends? Where will I need to go? And um, how challenging will that be? You know, going to new situations where I know no one um, and having to sort of make the first move. Yeah. I might worry about that. Um, and I suppose if I extend that, then I might worry also about feeling isolated and lonely if I don't make friends. What, or feeling what? left out, feeling left out. I think that's good to know, yeah. So what if I'm left out? What if I'm lonely? Yeah. Mm-hmm. anything else yeah. um and then I suppose also the questioning around my ability to cope with new challenging situations so for example moving abroad you know it'd be how do I do all the basics that I take for granted and do easily in my own country but in a different country where I'm not speaking the language so there would be the language challenge there but that might be so relevant for university transitions but certainly you know doing all the things that I need to do and finding out how to do them um, so I imagine, yes, if I was thinking about going to university, in my mind, there would be this question around, well, will I 
understand how everything works and will I be in the right place at the right time and not look silly will I make my lectures on time my tutorials how will I get on with my tutors um how will I get to know them yeah um will I look stupid in front of other people if I say stuff and I suppose also around you know um being able to do the work um how will I cope with that um, and how I compare to other people. So, um, so, so I'm hearing, I guess, what Louise and I often hear when people are in transition, a lot of these kind of what if thoughts, mm-hmm. you know, what if I'm lonely? What if I'm on my own? What if I don't meet, meet like-minded people? Um, and also be thinking about what if I go and other people are doing other things and I'm not that that kind of social comparison so I mean it's funny to say this but they're all pretty normal you know (laughs) they're kind of the thoughts that we all have and and it might just be useful to deviate just slightly and think about why those thoughts are there so if I'm going to ask you to imagine that you are um living in the Stone Age times. So we were living 200,000 years ago. And of course, people at that time, they lived in small, close-knit groups. And um, it was really important to be part of that for your survival. Um, You needed to be in that small group because otherwise, otherwise you'd die. You know, there was a a big threat there. So, You'd be always forever comparing, am I fitting in? Am I doing the work? Um, am I am I contributing as much as other people? Am I doing my part? So that's where that social comparison comes from. And we're also those Stone Age um, people were kind of always on the lookout for threat and danger, new things, because there would be things coming along the horizon, like a you know, saber-toothed tiger people talk about. And you'd you'd have to kind of work collectively to to kind of deal with threat and danger. And if you you didn't look out for threat and danger, the other thing as well, you wouldn't survive. So there we have social comparison, looking out for threat and danger. Something I didn't hear you say, but it's quite quite common, is people will replay things. Because if you were one of those Stone Age people and you survived something, often that the thing that you would do in your mind would replay it because you survived. So you would know how to, you would go over it and over it and over it as a kind of learning tool mm-hmm. to, to kind of think, this is how I did it, so I need to use it again. And then the other thing would be about having more, and in, actually maybe enough and even more things. You need more, sh- you, know, you need enough food and water and shelter. So sometimes that's where we have a drive for needing more of this stuff. So there were bits that coming out from you that are in our mind. You know, our mind's been very slow to evolve. So those things are still there. But just like our computers or any technology, we need an update. So we need to kind of notice is this, is this around for me? Uh, that's part of my Stone Age mind. Mm-hmm. So we need to know where it comes from. And actually, I think that was the two things that were around for, for you know, when you were talking about it, it was about the social comparison and about threat and danger, wasn't it? Yeah. And yeah. so people might listen, be listening and thinking about, well, how do these things play out for me? 
you know, is it about me thinking I need to have lots of stuff to go to university? You know, I need to taking all my stuff with me, making sure I've got more and enough of stuff. Or is it about kind of um, replaying other situations when I was new? So it'd be interesting to know about those kind of thoughts going on in your head. And the other thing before we go on to have a, a little try about something, it's maybe good to think about, you know, the number of thoughts we have a day. So I don't know if we've talked about this before, Louise. Do you remember? Do you know how many thoughts do you, that, that, that research people says say we have a day? Do you know? You're going to have a guess. Is it, I'd there be guessing too. Is that 100,000? Well, so if you put no. people in an MRI machine, they say between six and 7,000. But I actually think it's much more than that. I've heard I've heard between that and 60 to 70,000. Mm. Um, and I think when you're anxious about something, those anxious thoughts often take precedent over everything else because we are still in that Stone Age mind, have this not negativity bias where we're always looking out for threat and danger because we have to do something about it. So there are what I would call, or what people call, Velcro thoughts. And so I've got a nice bit of Velcro that you can hear. <laughs> so here it is. So these Velcro thoughts are the sticky thoughts, the ones that are hard to kind of get away from, that are around for us, that kind of bother us, and we have to deal with stuff. And so, you know, what if I'm left out? What am I lonely? They sound like Velcro thoughts. You know, if you'd have thought like, um, you know, I think I think there's going to be there's a good kind of swimming team on the campus or going to university. That's not necessarily a Velcro thought. That's what I would call a Teflon thought. So my my props don't lend to kind of this, but <laughs> imagine you know a Teflon, a nonstick frying pan, and things just going on and off. So we have those thoughts that stick to us and the thoughts that just come and go. And so what we need to kind of learn with these is identify, oh, those are my Velcro or my sticky thoughts. Um, notice them, name them, and then try and kind of help them come and go. Does that make sense, Louise? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. right. So, and so how do we do that? Well, I think the first thing we know is is trying to kind of name them to tame them is what people talk about. Mm -hmm. So we we name them to tame them, and then there are various things that we can do to kind of almost let them go. We're we're taught to connect, we're taught to belong, we're taught to kind of unite with things. We're not taught how to kind of break with things and to let things go. So this little exercise that we're gonna do now is called Leaves on a Stream. And I've taken this, there's, lo there's lots of um, various versions of it. This is an adapted one from therapistaid.com and we can put the link below. Um, so the overview is of this exercise. I want you to visualize yourself resting near a stream and when there's a sticky, a Velcro thought that enters your mind, you'll imagine placing it on a leaf and watching, put it on the stream, and the leaf will, th will, will flow past. So instead of seeing the world from inside of your thoughts, you'll take a step back and view them from afar. 
So in doing that, you'll gain a kind of more perspective about your thoughts and feelings. And you'll be able to kind of let those, you'll teach your mind how to bring these thoughts to you instead of trying to avoid them and then let you go. So, Louise, can you think about a kind of Velcro thought that you, we, we, could, we could put on a leaf? What would be a good one for you? I think for me, it probably would be the making friends. So the challenge of, yeah, the challenge of making friends. It's okay. So, so our thought could be, there's going to be a big challenge for me making friends. Right. Yeah. Or, or just, yeah, it's probably, probably not, I don't probably wouldn't phrase it. I'm just thinking, I know I said that, but it would be, um, I might not have any friends. Right. Yeah. I as might a result, yes, yeah, friends, yeah. So what if I don't have any friends or what? Yeah. Because those ifs are often kind of those hypothetical future things that we never know is going to happen. Mm-hmm. We project ourselves into the future. So um, what if I don't make friends? Is that yeah, yeah. Um, so let's get started. So if we're in a quiet place now, we can do it now. You're sitting down in a comfortable position. You can close your eyes softly. You can close your eyes or soften your gaze. And I want you to take some slow, deep breaths. Okay, now I want you to imagine that you're resting by the side of a stream. The scene can look however you like. And try and use all your senses to imagine what the stream and the surroundings look like. It might be a warm day. There might be trees in the background. You might have some winds or physical sensations. So it's a peaceful, tranquil scene. And your task here now that you're rested by the stream is to really just focus on the stream. And if like there will be, if distractions come into your mind, such as thoughts or feelings about, oh, I've got this thing to do later, or I've got something else that I need to do, just notice them and without judgment, bring your gaze back into kind of this stream visualization. Um, And this stream that we have is a circular stream because of, of course our thoughts just don't come past once, they keep coming round again. So if you can imagine this as a kind of root canal stream that's gone round in a circle. So it's going to come and your your leaf's going to come in front of you and go and then come back again. Okay, so let's notice that Velcro thought. And I want you to, in particular, if you can write that thought on a leaf, imagine writing it on a leaf. And I want you to place the leaf on the stream. And then I want you to watch the leaf come and float down in front of you and then past you until it disappears. And I want you to continue visualizing the stream, simply observing The thoughts come and the thoughts go. There's nothing else that you need to do. And when you've you've done it a few times, I'm going to ask you some questions about it. So I'm going to give people a little bit of time to practice it for themselves. So I'm not going to talk anymore. 
So just notice that leaf with your written thought on. Just slowly come in the stream, be in front of you and go. You look like you've you're coming back to us, Louise. Yes. Oh, it's a very nice, nice place there. <laughs> Good. And so, what do what I'm going to ask you then? What did you notice about yourself? What did you notice about you doing that exercise? Um. Well, first of all, I, 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 the situation that I was, I was thinking about was somewhere that I've been by a river, very relaxed. And so it was lovely to have that that feeling and to imagine that. But then I noticed as I was putting my thought on my leaf and letting it go, and then it was coming round again, as it sort of approached me, I kind of thought, oh no. And then I suddenly realized, oh, but there's nothing to do. And I just let it float on by. And that was um, yeah, that that was quite sort of revealing for me, really. I don't think I've thought about thoughts in that way before. So um yeah just that that real recognition that actually there's nothing I need to do with this right. nothing I need to do I can just watch it yeah come by yeah you know I think people often talk about thoughts aren't truths mm. or sometimes mm. thoughts aren't things to act upon mm. and it kind of sounded like that would be that happened to you a little bit there yeah yes yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I well, I suppose nothing to do. There was nothing that I needed to do in that moment. Um, and I could just let it go by. Um, I didn't really think beyond that, though, I suppose. I was just in that exercise, I was thinking that. Um, mm. But that's very useful because now in everyday life, if that thought bubbles up, I can think, okay, let's just let that go. There's nothing I need to do. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And just, just kind of notice it because... Often when we have these kind of Velcro thoughts, we get into a struggle or a challenge with them. You know, they're challenging for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and this kind of helps you have a different relationship. So, you know, if we've got, you know, those hundreds of, you know, lots and lots of thoughts anyway, um, you know, we can choose the ones that we want to kind of hold on to or the ones that we, you know, are, are, you know, are difficult. But the reality is we can't necessarily control what comes into our mind, mm. but we can 
we can decide how we're going to respond to it. So if we respond with curiosity and, oh, there's that thought again, (laughs) there it's come up for me. That's been one of those sticky thoughts. I'm just going to let let it come and then let it go. Because once we decide to get into a fight with it or a struggle with it or try and avoid it, then that relationship becomes a much more difficult one. So it might be something to think about in the future about when these thoughts come. This is one strategy that you can try and develop a different kind of relation with them. Mm -hmm. And even when we're thinking now then about what kind of relationship do you have with that thought? Maybe I should have asked you at the beginning about in a scale of naught to ten, how much, how how big was it a Velcro thought? How much did it stick onto you? And maybe how, how much did it stick onto you now? So it might be, you know, I should have asked that at the beginning, I didn't, but it, it might be thinking about, be good to think about now and then as you continue to practice about, mm. am I changing my relationship with this thought? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think it's the interesting thing is as you you let the thought go, so you think I don't need to do much with it, you know, before I might have in my mind, oh, there's that. All right, I need to start thinking about that, and and then build a story around that. That's a not true because um, yeah. we don't know what might happen around meeting people, making friends. Um, but of course, as you explained earlier, we see that more as perhaps a slight threat or something to be concerned about. So perhaps we build a more negative story around it, yeah. and we'll worry around the activities that we might have to be involved in to meet friends, and so it becomes this whole narrative that's um, not helpful at all. Yeah. But by seeing the thought and just think, or hear it, whatever, see whatever with you know, whichever sense we're we're experiencing that thought with, we let it go. We yeah. then don't create that narrative either. So yeah, yeah. and it's it's. I mean, some people might call that it's a narrative. It's rumination when yes. we go round and round things, mm-hmm. and there we're back to that Stone Age mind of wanting yeah. to replay things to try and problem solve, and of course sometimes replaying things is a good thing to do because it will help us in the situation but you have to notice when it's not helping and say actually I'm overthinking this I'm Mm -hmm. ruminating so that's the thought that you'd have to think right let me change my relationship with it and let it come and go yeah I suppose the other thing I like about that is changing my relationship with it rather than thinking I need to change this negative thought into a positive one you know how we often do I'm worrying if I was talking to somebody, perhaps, you know, or they were talking to me about it and they might say, oh, but you don't have to worry about that because you're good at making friends, you know, turn it into a positive, Um, you know, it'll be a positive experience, it'll be fun. Um, I mean, sometimes that can be helpful, but not always. And actually just letting that thought go rather than um, doing anything with it is perhaps a healthier thing. I, I I would agree. I would agree. Yeah. So it's about it's it's not trying to make everything oh see the positive side. Of course, there is a there's a place for some of that, but if we're able to mind our mind mm-hmm. and notice what our mind will naturally do, and raise our self awareness of what it will naturally do, then we've got some choices open to us that might be that might help us. Um, so if we could maybe put on some other thing. If people are interested in, in understanding more about this, it, it comes a lot from what people call act, acceptance and commitment therapy. So kind of accepting that, you know, our mind is going to be a busy place 
things will come and go, um, knowing that that's what our mind does, and then being committed to some action that's going to help us not just in the short term, but in the long term. So that's our that's our kind of third session done. Hopefully you've got a little bit more understanding about how your mind's working, about why those thoughts come into your head. And one strategy um, called Leaves on the Stream for helping you develop a different relationship with those Velcro thoughts. So thank you so much for joining us today. And I'm going to just finish with a very quick summary of the key messages from today's podcast episode. So I wonder what are some of the typical thought patterns around your current transition? What are your what ifs? Perhaps you could write those down and give those some thought in relation to the rest of the content of the podcast. Elizabeth shared three reasons why our brains behave as they do in terms of our thoughts. And it turns out that our thoughts are influenced by patterns that have evolved over thousands of years. Firstly, we have our need to exist within a group or a tribe for our protection. And this can lead to our need for social inclusion and also resulting social comparison. Secondly, our need to look out for threat and danger. And thirdly, our need to ensure that we have what we need to survive, food, water, shelter, leading to, in this modern day and age, our need for stuff, sometimes far too much stuff. So how did the things that you thought about, your what-ifs, fit into these three categories or not? Elizabeth made the point that we have between 6,000 and 60,000 thoughts per day. The jury is still out on the exact number, but I think we can just summarise it by saying it's a lot. Some thoughts are anxious, worried ones, and they can stick like a Velcro. They can be a challenge and a struggle to cope with. Other thoughts are like Teflon. They easily come and go. And it's helpful to develop our ability to detach from the Velcro thoughts. Elizabeth took us through the exercise leaves in a stream. So I suggest perhaps you have a think about those thoughts that you wrote down at the beginning of the session and think about whether they are Velcro or Teflon. And if they're Velcro, perhaps try the leaves in the stream exercise and see how that works for you. So I hope you found today's session helpful. And don't forget those handy resources that we discussed at the beginning of the podcast. You can access the full transcript for this episode and also the think sheets for a small fee by going to the website louisewilds.com forward slash successful dash student dash transitions. Thank you for listening. Bye bye for now.